Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. I am Michael Salavari, and joining me tonight is Oliver Trebovus. Hello. Yes, we got it that time, and Austin Zestman. Good evening, everyone. Good early morning, uh, after a nice daylight savings time change for me, so... Oh yeah, because you, you got your time change wrong and woke up an hour before we were meant to. Yeah, I also took a nap like 12 hours earlier and didn't realize if it was day or night. So, like, I'm, I'm really getting betrayed by sleep right now, and it's not it's not good. But I'm going to pull through because it's Lamar, baby. Let's go. Yes, we are talking today on what is our actually 100th episode. And for those who expected us to do something exciting and interesting for our 100th episode, uh, sorry, we're not that organized. Um, so what we're instead going to do is one of our, what, what we started last year at Ollie's request, uh, a Le Mans entry invites episode. So talking through the entry list for Le Mans 2020, which has been released only about a week and a half ago at this stage, we're going to talk through where all of these cards have come from, why they're significant in the entry list and why they may have been given entries over other cars. So we've got a... A very well, a varied entry list compared to what we had last year. There's a bit of a balance change in terms of the classes, uh, like the distribution of the classes and distribution of pros versus AMs. Um, but firstly, uh, I guess uh, one thing I want to say before we actually crack into it is happy 100, guys. We did it. There I mean, were so many haters, um, and I just want to start going through them. <laughs> just list them off name by name by name. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's it, we've, we've definitely gotten more comfortable with the the medium, and I I like the uh, I just I, I like the ability to discuss sports cars with you guys and to um, you know give some content maybe that doesn't uh, ha- have any other way to be filled kind of for some sports car fans because there is a not a lack of content I'll say um, even with the WC Zone podcast which. Good, good job, guys. We're gonna leave that one well enough alone, Cookie, because we, I don't think it's a, a <laughs> uh, wide sorry, idea. I straight into weird territory, but yeah, it's um, no, it's it's really awesome, and uh, I think, yeah, I think we've done a, a decent job so far, and hope for another hundred more. Yay! Or maybe not a hundred more. I don't know. Doing a hundred these a thousand, gonna... a thousand more. Here we go. <laughs> Going to the next century, baby. One thousand horsepower. <laughs> uh, Ollie, you're you're remarkably quiet at this stage. Anything you'd like to add before we start properly? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I haven't been around um, in these parts for the full 100, but uh, it's been really cool to see the the medium grow, the, the podcast grow, um, behind the scenes working with you guys and looking at the sort of um, metrics go up and up and up. Mm. It's really pretty cool. Um, and I think the quality is getting better and better. Um, so, yeah, on to onto more more better things well you wouldn't know the quality is getting better if you heard our four four false starts today's but we'll leave that one alone that'll go on the blooper reel oh thank you ollie um <laughs> uh, this is gonna go great uh so we'll start off by saying i want to i want to stress the point as we start this uh sort of invites uh analysis that at the end of the day the aco uh sorry the le mans is an invitational event so every entry in this uh, uh, entry list and in, the, in these invites is uh, at the ACO's discretion. 
Um, so that kind of, that kind of spells out maybe that might answer some questions as to why certain teams have been picked or over others. Um, and I, I know uh, Austin, I know Ollie have their own hang-ups about certain entries, which we'll definitely get our teeth into later. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically where we're going to start. It's going to be this is all at the ACO's discretion. Uh, so important notes again, uh, just lastly is, uh, that all the WEC full season entries get an automatic invite. Um, and then there's automatic invites awarded for winning Asian Le Mans series, winning the European Le Mans series and winning the amateur driver awards in IMSA, which are called the, I'm not even going to pretend to remember what they're called. Uh, (laughs) Truman show award or something. That is one of them. And the other one is. There, there's also the the WeatherTech award for being uh, Cooper McNeil that we'll talk about later. Um, yeah, is it? Well, I don't even know. Oh, as I said, I'm not going to uh, pretend to to remember them. Um, but they're they're also automatic automatic entries again. Heavily uh, uh, heavy quotation marks over that. Um, anyway, shall we start at the top? Shall we start at the LMP1 section? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, LMP1. So we have. Six entrants, uh, very unsurprisingly, all of them are the WC full season entrants plus the additional Rebellion, uh, which raced at Silverstone and which will race again at Spa-Francorchamps coming up uh, after the next round of the WC, which is Sebring in about two weeks' time. Um, We are seeing no additional rumoured Janetta entry. Um, There was talk at one stage of LNT putting together a third car, which hasn't happened. Uh, or another team. Or another. Oh, there but was I'll another talk about team. That in a bit. Oh, okay. Oh, Ollie's got the inside scoop. See, this is why this is why you get people on board who are inside the world of sports cars to add uh, depth to these things. Um. Anyway. Mm. Uh. So additionally, Toyota had another invite that they could have taken up as the winners of last year year's Le Mans. They elected not to take that up. So only the two Toyotas. Um. Any surprises from P1 at this stage, guys? Nope. None at all. Um, the only thing would be the number eight getting uh, Brendan Hartley. So beyond that, um, the lineups look pretty pretty good. Uh, between the two Toyotas, uh, I I really think this is probably the closest um, in terms of driver pace that I would say for both squads. Really, I don't think there really is a number one or two team in the in both those camps. And I wonder how they're going to drive it. And I I bet you it's going to be a lot of a lot of we don't really care in terms of you know they don't they don't want to f- bump, uh, bump fenders or anything like that but I do think that they might drive a little bit more you know, harder yeah. against themselves. Hopefully they have so a we'll bit see. more um bit more leniency towards giving the seven um optimal pit strategies and things after what oh, happened yeah. uh, last uh-huh. time out. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> um, interesting t- for me to note that the. Uh, drivers in the additional uh, Rebellion car are Romain Dumas and Nathaniel Berton, who both raced in that car uh, for... No, they didn't. So, Romain Dumas did not race with Rebellion last year, in that car at least. Um, Berton, he was in the Duquesne. He was in the Duquesne yeah, car, that's correct. last year. Yep. Um, so, Dumas, Dumas is a very good driver, we know that already, but uh, Louis Delatraz in the uh, as the third driver in that car, a Czech driver, have we heard of him before? Like, at all? Did you say Czech? Oh, sorry, it's Swiss, because this is a yep. 
uh, this is a yeah. ACO entry list, and for some reason, CHE is not Czech, it's Swiss. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the domain yeah. is so, .ch, so... Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nah, here, this is the technicality that I'm going to appreciate with the Durance chat here. <laughs> but yeah, he's a, he's a decent driver, Swiss being with the Swiss Rebellion Racing, so maybe that that aspect. But yep. I, I, it's a solid driver uh, lineup, I think, for Rebellion, too. I yeah. think they would... Uh, I, I, I don't think they have a shot against two. Toyota. But they they'll definitely be able to hold their own against Janetta. Although, granted, we'll see how the Janetta runs. Man, that thing is slippery when it, uh, down the straights and then low downforce trim. Yeah, I'm excited to see the Janetta with an actual operation behind it this year, as opposed to their first outing at Le Mans, where calling them that uh, like a hodgepodge, uh, hodgepodge group of misfits or whatever ragtag group of misfits is the the general term. Uh, like, I didn't think. Like, that was never a, a, a program that was going to work all that well. So the fact that they've actually had a year under their belt will be exciting. Um, and, you know, they missed out last year. Uh, they were on the reserve list and didn't end up getting placed in LMP1, pardon me. So um, they they should have an actual shot at P1 this year, which would be nice. Interestingly, though, there is a P1 car on the reserve list. Um, the car that we have had missing from the... LMP1 uh, super season and last this season, um, one of the LMP1 regulars, uh, the car run by the Bike Hollers Racing Team, uh, the Enzo CLM P1, uh, on the reserve list, number two on the reserve list. Uh, what do we think? Like, why why have they been placed on the reserve list? Why haven't they been given a, a Le Mans invite? Well, the 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 team is kind of a bit of a weird one because you try and think like, why are they? Why are they there? How are they there? You know, mm. what what's paying for it, sort of thing. And they're not as kind of outgoing to fans and than than um, Team LNT or Rebellion that sort of thing. So they're quite quiet and reserved. They're also not that as not as competitive um, with their car. There are kind of significant problems that um, some of the drivers have told um, a few things about. Like for example, the gearbox can only shift if you're on 100% throttle or 0% throttle. So if you're in the wet and you have to be cautious, you just basically stamp on the throttle, go into um, traction control, and then change, change gear. gear. Yeah, um, not ideal. So they have a really, they have a really, um, they have a traction control that's really easy to to activate, to be able to change gear, basically. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a joke of a, of a car. But um on the on the other hand, LMP1 is a bit weak at the moment. Yep. Um, so they kind of need uh, a bit of as, as much help as they can get. I was I was expecting um, some different names actually to be to be um, included in LMP1 here, based on the potential of an SMP um, BR1 chassis. Um, there were a few kind of teasing tweets done by SMP Racing of the BR1 um, recently and before, uh, I think in January time. And there was kind of an idea of potential having a cheaper uh, entry to Le Mans just to kind of prop up, help prop up the class a little bit. And maybe it's, you know, potentially having a grandfathered LMP1 car for next season, maybe. Um, The confidence that the success handicap kind of has given 
in LMP1 during the rest of the WEC season kind of makes them look bad in terms of their them pulling out and then the success handicap happening or announcement happening really, really quickly afterwards. Like four days also, afterwards, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that was reactionary. Don't know the cause or effect. Um, and then what I was mentioning with a potential Janetta, I was expecting a third Janetta potentially being run as a customer team, um, potentially from LMP2 stepping up. So there have been over time, even before last, uh, the previous Le Mans, I expected this to happen as well. So um, there were tests done by various LMP2 drivers, uh, I think at Aragon, yep. and you could kind of join the dots, let's say. Um, do we want to join the and... dots? Do we want to be public about joining the dots or do we just not care? Well, one of them was, um, it, it ties into another reserve um, team, which is High Class Racing. Yep. So Anders Fjordback, who is one of the team owners, I believe, and one of the drivers, he's a silver rated driver in High Class. He's a cracking team. silver. Yes, exactly. And um, he did a, a test, One of the he was one of the drivers at the test. And I heard rumours um, in the paddock about this being used as uh, a Janetta um, LMP1 car. And I and I thought maybe um, High Class kind of went the wrong way, maybe, with um, going for a second LMP2 with the kind of Danish theme yep. with Jan Magnussen. Um, I thought maybe they could have got over the... Over, um, over the hump into the main entry list out of the reserve list if they went with a Janetta. Mm, that's, um, yeah, that's maybe they missed a, missed a shot there. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, theory um, because I'm pretty sure the ACO would have been very happy to invite an additional LMP1, which has already been run by a good team. However, as we'll talk about a bit later on, I don't think that high-class effort, that second LMP2 effort, was ever going to get on the gr off the ground, rather. Now, a, a follow-up question is, would Janetta have had a third car ready to go, is the question yes. I have. You sure? Yes, they have a spare chassis Okay. Um, ready to be used. Yeah, I, I think there's time enough to... to... To, make to sure there are enough it. spare parts. Um, make sure it's ready, ready to go. Oh, well, that's um, a shame then that that hasn't worked out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are lots of there's lots of interest for future um, programs of the G60 LMP1, but um, yeah, just not quite getting it hundred yeah. uh, percent. All the deal done, sort of thing. Mm, that's a real shame because the car looks great and has had some pace in season, but we just haven't actually been able to see what it's been truly capable of. And we've talked about that fair, like far and away throughout this whole podcast uh, in its what year history of the Janetta at this stage. So we'll not go into that again. Um, but before we move on from P1, uh, what do we expect from this class uh, from these invites? So. Uh, any any surprises? Anything unexpected from that six car field for LMP one? It's going to be it's, it's tough to say because all of this season, really, since Silverstone has had kind of an artificial effect being put on the cars, so we can't mm. really um, judge the current performance. Like at the race at Cota recently, it is uh, no completely spoilers. not a good um, indication of what would happen at the the main race. Yep. So. 
Um, we'll have to kind of wait and see for the test day when there will be um, the sort of real... The real showing of pace. First view, yeah, of, of what they can do. Um, be- because, of course... Yeah. There is going to be no success ballast at Le Mans. There is going to be no success handicap, no Su- effect. Success handicap, yeah. Yeah, no success handicap yeah. at Le Mans. So all the, the malarkey we've gone through throughout the season of having the hybrids shackled and falling behind LMP2 cars on the straights and being unable to pass GTEM cars, uh, that's all going to go away. They're going to be the TSO 50s in their pure unshackled form. Um, but they aren't because compared to last season... Remember the base EOT. Now, this is for the FIA WEC season. I'm not sure if this still applies, but remember there was a significant weight added yep. to the Toyotas in a in a new base EOT yep. to kind of start the equalization a bit better. Yep. Um, so yep. last season's race, last year's race, won't it potentially won't be um, an exact indication because of the potential of added weight. But on the other hand, they've had a year to develop this platform even further. So, um, yeah, we can't really say. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would be I'd be very surprised to see them get significantly challenged. Uh, any notes from you, Cookie, before we crack on? Yeah, same here. Uh, Toyota should run, uh, should run away with it. Um, I'll give two, pre- uh, two prefaces to that, which would be, one, the real interesting battle should be with the privateers. I do think Rebellion have the edge with pace, but I I just something in the back of my head says something about that Jeanette is going to be quick at Le Mans uh, in anger. Um, and two, something else in the back of my head, we just really haven't had any accidents at all in LMP1, and I just feel like we're going to maybe have one of these entrants go out, and I wouldn't surprise me if it's a Toyota. There's just really not been a whole lot of attrition coming from Toyota outside of a couple hiccups here and there. Um and I, I don't know. Yeah, Something tells me something might go on with this class. We won't see an entry finish due to an accident or something on track. So, so what you're saying, what you're saying is 2017 again? No, I'm, maybe not that, but that there, there'll just be more action than I've seen in the past couple of years, maybe in this class, just because it's, it's, it's hard for like these top categories to see these cars just, just go out with uh, mechanical failure yeah. and that's it. Um, usually that there's a little more contact we've seen in years past. So this has been a pretty low period and I wouldn't be surprised if we see some contact this year. Fair enough. Okay. Um, well, I mean, remember last year, was it? the first corner of the race where Lotterer lost his front bumper uh, running into the side of another car, uh, like on, the, on literally the first corner in one of the Rebellions? Was that last year or was that the year before? That must have well, been the year Cole's before. Also lost that was the year before. The first lap. <laughs> yeah, that was right. <laughs> oh, and then contact at Bahrain this year. So, yes. I mean, it's, so, they're, so they're, if, they're not So what we're saying is to it. if it's going to happen, it's going to be the first lap. No, maybe, maybe. I don't know. There's, dude, it's it's 24 hours traffic yeah. in Le Mans. Uh, you know, anything can happen. That's true. Um, we'll move on to the second of the pro categories. We'll move to GTE Pro. Um, so we have our regular, what is it, uh, six-car WEC entry. So the two AF Corsa Ferraris, two Porsche GTEs run by Manti, and the two Aston Martin Racing Vantages. Plus, we will gain from IMSA competition 
two Corvette C8Rs, uh, which will have an extra six months of development compared to where they are now after the Coda race. Uh, we will also gain two further Porsches run by the core Autosports team um, in IMSA guys. And then we will have a Ferrari, additional Ferrari run by Risi Competizione. Uh, now, we are down six cars in this class from last year. We are down the four Ford GTs plus the two BMWs from uh, uh, who are running them in the WC, Mtech. Correct. So the question I want to pose to you guys first is, Was could there have been a precedent for Chip Ganassi or BMW Team RLL or whoever to grab one of those Fords or BMWs and bring them over to Le Mans. And why, and why didn't that happen? Money. Ali, got anything else to add to that? More money. <laughs> Just dollar dollar bills, y'all. Well, okay. Like, so I understand yep. I understand Ford not doing it because they've retired the G- Ford GT as a platform. So yeah, their program was four years and they did their four years and they're done. Like, okay, that's fair enough. BMW are still running those cars. Sure, they're not running them in WEC anymore, but they're still running those cars. Why would they not take the opportunity to bring those M8s that they are still currently running in IMSA competition and very recently have had good results? Why would they not take them from IMSA and run them at Le Mans, the marquee event, the biggest event of the year? Why wouldn't they do that? Well, I think look at looking at the other um, or those those teams or companies as a whole, the kind of resource allocation that they have to do for these entries, especially if they're one-off, like the, these workers would have to divert from what they're already doing. So in the in terms of Ford, that would be a lot of Multimatic. Yep. Okay. And Multimatic are kind of taking more on in terms of the DPI Mazda entry, kind of taking over from Team Yoast, and also potentially more future things um looking into um the rally lmp2 the new lmp2s that sort of thing um so i don't know if if chip ganassi racing or more importantly multimatic would have the opportunity because at a high level they don't really have they have a finite resource that's potentially elsewhere as for team rll um they also do indycar are they growing in IndyCar? Would they kind of push more people towards that? But on the other hand, they're already re- still racing. So the people are still there ready to go, I think. Um, and that's a, maybe and, more of a money thing. And there's specifically a niche carved out in the GTLM calendar to allow for cars and allow for teams in GTLM to not run events in IMSA and go over to the Le Mans test day and run Le Mans. Exactly. Um, like the, the Detroit round, which is traditionally on the same weekend as the, uh, the Le Mans test day, um, is specifically not GTLM to allow teams like uh, Corvette Racing, like Ford GT, like Core Autosports to run their cars at the test day. So uh, to me, it, it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't give those cars another run out at Le Mans. These cars are also kind of heavily backed by the marketing, yeah. yeah the, the the OEM um, pumping money into into the team, into you know stuff that happens in the paddock. These OEMs spend big, making sure that their visitors are uh, given a luxury sort of event to go to. Um, 
Aston Martin have a have a four story um, booth at Le Mans each year that's trucked in, um, you know, behind the paddock, yeah. and and then in the paddock itself even more for guests and drivers and hospitality and things like that. Yeah. That costs a lot of money. Yeah. Now whether it would be BMW USA having to pay for that, that's a massive um, cost that they might not accept. Uh, IMSA is a, a lot cheaper format in general um, because it's not a global formula. So maybe that step up uh, in in funding required was a, maybe a bit too much and, and BMW HQ or BMW Europe might not have been willing to, to fork that fill out, yeah. that that gap because they were less willing to support the WEC program anyway. Yeah, it's kind of, again, rounds back to this question of what the hell was BMW even doing with the, the WEC program? You know, they, they had the super season, which they, you know, stumbled and bumbled their way through only to pull out immediately as soon as it was over, leaving Amtec high and dry. I, again, it just kind of makes me question what the hell they were doing with, with that program. Because, like, you know... GTLM cars, the only, uh, sorry, GTE cars, GTE Pro, the only place you can race a GTE regulation car is in an ACO series or uh, in the GTLM class at IMSA. They don't, you can't race them in IGTC, you can't race them in GT3, you can't race them in those sort of events um, unless you have a car specifically made with a conversion kit. So like a Aston Martin Vantage or a 488. So, to me, missing out on opportunities to use these cars in these races is just, it's, it's a waste. Um, so, yeah, I'm... It, it, their, their strategy, they don't have a strategy to me, it seems. It, it just it seems that they've walked into this entire endeavor without a strategy. Uh, or an alternate strategy theory. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Slight conspiracy. Do, 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 do. The jingle going. Um, super season was one season. Two shots at Le Mans and the ability to win this quote unquote super season championship. And if the idea was let's just do that, see how we do, if we can find enough excuses to not enter it back again because we lost, then cool. If we want it, cool. You know, just make it super fluid. Their entire prerogative seems to just still revolve around US based BMW. So uh, for their sports car entry, which it, it, it was before they announced they were going to do a new car and go WC racing. And it is still currently. So I don't know. I mean, you could now look at their history for racing and sports cars and endurance racing and say that this is now, that was just blip that they were just wanting to maybe get more rounds testing. And they figured this is a decent opportunity to try to win two Le Mans in one season. Why not? Yeah, actually that, you raise a great point. Um, Cause they've, while they've only raced the one season in GTE, They've actually raced, been pretty consistent competitors in GTLM. Admittedly, that has been with what I would like to call waiver mobiles um, in the Z4 GTLM, which was definitely not meant to be a GTLM car, and with the M6 GTLM, which was definitely not a GTLM car. So, yeah, that's how you actually raise a very, very good point. Maybe the M8 was a out-and-out GTLM car that they decided to enter in a season of GTE. Intriguing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I I still call them cowards, yada yada, yeah. for uh, for not uh, you know for bowing out that quickly, but, you know, and I still think it's more 
uh, a less maybe a little bit more board game uh, boardroom tactics and that they if they could have the preference to run it at Lamont, I, I think they would. But there's definitely, like Ali said, there's definitely a real resource allocation aspect to a lot of this. And I think BMW just does not want to commit extra resources to yeah. this. They just don't see the the, the, the payback, which is unfortunate because I, I think it would benefit to have them at Le Mans. But oh, yeah, definitely. And, and we've got a long wait for their um, new GT3 as well. From, from is that going to have like I think another two two years I think oh really yeah so. and is that going to have the new box style grill that they're that the consumer cars are coming out with I think it's going to have it it's, that's going to be one weird looking we already thought the BMW looks weird dude it's going to look even weirder is it but, is it got uh, a, a more weird grill than the Bentley Continental because that is a weird it, grill. Like, do you yeah, remember the eighties? Like, do you remember the eighties BMW grills? Oh, you mean like the really, really tiny one? Like the not not the no full, no, but they're like that, but they're square now. They're like square. Both oh. sides are more like squared off, and they're bigger, and they stick out. Oh, they're just giant rat teeth sort of thing. They they look like okay if you know the American Dodge Charger back in the day where it had like a a box that kicked out, and the NASCAR like oh yeah, yeah, had them yeah, yeah. split that into. Split Ew. that into just two vertical columns and more square and much more pronounced, and that's basically what you've got for the new BMW. And oh, I'm pretty ew. sure they're going to incorporate that into the new uh, GT3. Can we stop so talking that'll... about this? I'd, I'd rather yeah, let Ollie vomit. talk about the next thing than listen to this anymore. Okay. <laughs> B- before I get more disgusted, okay, uh, Rizzi Competizione, uh, they've run, what, three races in the last 12 months? Why have they got a Le Mans entry? Let's go. Um, why? Because they have a couple uh, French drivers, and or because they they got absolutely nerfed, <laughs> just punted. Um, they got such a short end of the stick a couple of years ago uh, when racing here with a brand new chassis that pretty much sidelined them for I don't know, like six months. They could not literally race because they bought a new chassis and, and an LP two driver just. It was Matteo Vaxivier that I remember yep. did that. Yep. To um, it was Pierre Kaffer in the car at the time. Yeah, so I maybe this is a slight olive branch there. I don't know. I yep. don't know. I mean, it's another pro entry, and it they've definitely raced here before for a while, so that might also go into it as well. Yeah, but um, but Ollie, you have strong feelings about their appearance on the entry list. Please, for the good of the audience, take us through your strong feelings. So if you sort of ignore the the um, French side of the entry that was there last year. I had the same feelings towards this entry last year as well. Um, if you kind of just look at from the, from the nuts and bolts of the entry requirements, it has to compete in a full season of competition. Now, they haven't done that for two years, at least, uh, it's a it's a bit of a joke to me um now yeah sure you've got like i mentioned earlier with the a sort of lack of um strength compared to previous years so they're more likely than last year to get an entry because there are fewer total pro gt entries but i mean it's a bit a bit of a joke that they are there um now then if you think of who might be supporting this it would be french ferrari owners club i think um this is why they had a a special blue uh, livery 
last year. And yeah. I think, I guess, they would be doing something special again to kind of reflect or respect that side of why they potentially are getting this entry. Um, that then opens the door to French politics sort of thing. So, Our you classic know, Frenchies being they, Frenchies argument. Yeah, they're getting an entry because they're French, kind of. Um, this is backed up with French drivers so far. So they've got two French drivers at the moment and there's still one um, slot left to go um, that's empty at the moment. I would expect that to be a French, another French driver. So I think that card was played quite a lot. And elsewhere, there's also the discussion of the ACO trying to kind of butter up Ferrari um as a whole to get them to commit and put down confidence into potential hypercar or LMDH. Um, so that's another angle that could be played to sort of give them a, an easy way in um, mm. to kind of get around the fact that they break the rules. Yeah. And I mean, it's a fair enough point, right? Like how many races have Ruzi actually done in GTLM in the past two years. I mean, they didn't even complete the full NAEC last year. They they missed Watkins Glen. So they did what? Daytona, Sebring and Petit last year? So, yeah, they're not... I don't want to say they're not in it for the long haul, but it's definitely different to what it was in 2016, 2017, where they were at every single IMSA race. Um, I disagree, guys. I just you, disagree. You it's, disagree? A, it's a GT... It's a GTE Pro entry, number one. Uh, so if you look at the reserve list, there is no other GTE Pro entry on there all LMP2 and GTM and LMP1 AM list. So um, I would, uh, I mean, by, again, by Coles kind of in the same token, would I give them the nod? No. And I wouldn't give the spirit of the race. I disagree uh, with that, them. but we'll get to that later. But uh, on top of that too, it's, it's, it's name, it's brand recognition too. I mean, I, to an extent, the Ferrari uh, wrinkle I get, but I mean, Rizzi Capitazione has a huge cult following and has a huge fan base. Like you get, you may draw more fans, you might draw more money from that entry than you would any of the other ones that you see on the reserve list. And I Despite will stand by that. Not that competitive. Yeah, I, I yeah, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But again, it's still a GT Pro entry, and I think that 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 well, says a lot more. Too. Collis is still an LMP1 entry. This is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah but again, off the pace well, or not able to even finish halfway through is, is I think those are two different. Arguments. But also, they they are you know investing potentially because um, we still haven't seen a final car. But they are still um, talking about entering a, a hypercar. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> should that should that be rewarded? You know, yeah. I mean, the ACO gets burned a lot these days, so uh, you know, <laughs> it's hard to say what political position you can do that is actually going to be end up in your favor mm. at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it could be that I just, I, I think it's, it's an American Ferrari entry that has been around for like two decades. And it's just something that I think the, that a lot of fans definitely go to see Reezy and all that stuff. So I, you, there's probably a dose of everybody, yeah. uh, everybody's point uh, in why they got chosen. But, you know, I don't know. I, do they deserve it? Probably not. But am I upset that they're in it? No. <laughs> um, France and Ferrari do have a 
a bit of a relationship, especially racing in the States as well. Um, so there was in the old... Oh, how about how far back do we go here? What was it? Was like the the five twelve that they used to race. It was the the North American race team partnered with Ferrari France or something. So it was this French trickler liveried Ferrari. Was it a five twelve that they were running in in the North American um, GTP? I think mm, they have they a, running a very a, the SP, weren't they? Yeah, weren't they running the three 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 SP? Possibly that as well. Yeah, in the late eighties, I think. Yeah, so like there, there is history there as well. So I, I think, as as Austin mentioned, there is a a a piece of all of these little uh, issues maybe building in the puzzle. Um, But if you're a Ferrari fan, that means you have the second most number of GTE Pro cars to watch, which is nice. And the current lineup is pretty good too. So I mean, you know, they they will probably be off the pace, but they'll have a decent driver lineup to try to make up for it. Mm, we'll and, and they'll be very popular as well. I mean, Olivia Pla and Sebastian yes. Bourdais are definitely drivers with names behind them. So yeah, yeah. it's a pot. It's going to be a popular entry. And that's why, mm. that's why I think that also factors heavily into this. Yeah. Um, any, before we move on from GT pro, any surprises for you guys in the announced drivers or in the, in, in the overall, uh, entries or invites that we've been given. Remember, this will be the debut for the Corvette C8 at Le Mans. This will be the debut for the Porsche 911 RSR 2019 at Le Mans. So, any any surprises or anything you'd like to touch on before we move on? I'd like Ali to uh, give us a little input as to why Corvette was off at Coda because I've seen about 8,000 different explanations as to why, and all of them seem to be the most outlandish things I've ever heard in my life. So, it's because Ali, ACO can you, can you, is bad. Yeah. Yeah, can you yeah can you can you describe more for me why the ACO sucks? <laughs> uh, where do I start? <laughs> um, but uh, bit on the spot there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, where do I? Yeah, I mean, where do I start with the ACO? Where do I start with crap Corvette? Um, oh man, yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have that growling V8. I don't have my my, my chest doesn't feel that's like it's obvious, about to cave in. Yeah, yeah, that's obviously the biggest reason why it was slow. Mm. Um, it's because it wasn't noisy. Yeah, and because um, the, the ACO, yeah, the ACO were disappointed with that. That's why they nerfed it in BOP. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Wait, are, wait, are the ACO Americans after all? Yeah, it's the American Whoa. Confederation of the, of the Automobile. Jeez. <laughs> That's why. That's what. Like why IMSA is the International Motorsport Association. That's why it controls WEC events. Mm, really international. Yeah, mm. super international. <laughs> We've gone well off topic so, here. Just... <laughs> back on topic. Um, yeah. So um, the 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 few things that are outstanding is the um, a few drivers still yet to be confirmed. Um, as I look at the entry list now, the the 71 um, Ferrari has got a gap. Yep. Um, and also the two pro Aston Martins only have one driver each. Now we kind of expect that the two per car will be carried over from the WEC season. But then it's kind of who's the, who are the three, the third drivers for each. Um, uh, who, are, who are these that you, don't, that you don't have? Um, so on the entry list that I've linked in the chat room a bit further up, uh, the number 95, the only listed driver is Nicky Team, and the number 97, the only listed driver is Maxime Martin. 
So we would. I've got Marco Sorensen and Richard Westbrook on the ninety-five, and Maxime Martin and Harry Ticknell on the ninety-seven. Oh, that's. And actually... then I guess Lynn as well. And Lynn on the okay. ninety-seven as well, and then the you said the yeah. seventy-one. I've got David A. Ragon and Miguel Molina. Yeah, so uh, yeah. we're missing. We're waiting on someone extra on the seventy-one. Um, so a few question marks still there. Uh, interesting to see who they've picked up in the uh Aston Martins because if I believe correctly, who uh what Richard Westbrook and Harry Tinknell are refugees Ford. from Ford GT. Yep, same as Olivia Pla and Sebastian Bourdais who are in the Risa Competizione Ferrari. Miguel Molina uh, is listed in the 71, uh, if that's the one you're missing. No, we, we're missing, missing another one from that car. David A. Rigon? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. another one. Sam Bird. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's the answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Dang it. This entry list just went inverted with who that was. Okay. But yeah, Sam Bird with that one. Yeah, yeah that that's interesting to tell, too, that we've got uh x x4 drivers and i thought i saw another x4 driver in here too which we'll get into as well so they're uh they're finding their way back to lamar no doubt about it hmm. uh i guess that rounds out uh gte pro uh we won't talk about who we think is going to win because that's that's for the actual entry list podcast um which we'll get to in a few months time i guess uh yeah I guess, yeah, that's GTE Pro. Um, now we'll move on to the AM classes. Now, it's important um, for maybe first-time watchers or people who don't really watch a lot of sports cars that we talk about the amateur component of sports cars. Now, a lot of sports car racing in the past and even really the birth of sports car racing and motorsport in general has been funded off the back of basically just rich people running their playthings, to be honest. Um, you know, going back to the first days of racing at Le Mans, it was people running their own private machines or building machines out of the back of their garage, not for uh, not for making money for a factory, but for the enjoyment of racing and for the enjoyment of um, motoring. Uh, and so that's been carried along throughout the entire history of Le Mans um, with dedicated classes or classifications for amateur drivers. And uh, there are two amateur driver, uh, amateur classes in the WEC nowadays. There is the LMP2 class, which requires at least one silver or bronze driver per car. And then there's the GTE AM category, which requires both one silver and bronze driver per car. And there's a bunch of driving regulations around that. But I think it's important that we em- uh, emphasize the importance of amateur drivers bringing the funding, at least in the modern era, to running teams, running cars. Because in reality, looking at the pro entry list that we have this year, we wouldn't have an interesting race without these amateur categories. And I think we need to to celebrate that because, you know, amateur driving is a part, a significant part about sports cars. I mean, we can... We don't really even need to celebrate too much. Just look at the uh, car counts for all exactly. these and, and how much that they help fill the, uh, you know, basically the, the, the needs if the other kind of pro or, um, you know, kind of more structured and more expensive categories kind of don't have the, the weight to them. And they've always kind of done that. Um, it, like you said, there was more experimental. There was more just kind of, there was no way you could be fast uh, you know, faster than these guys. So just, you know, come make sure you don't, you know, make a mess of yourself and have fun and finish 24 hours. Mm. Now with the structured regulations, all that stuff where you could theoretically show up and beat everybody if it wasn't regulated, we have to have this more structured approach and stick these AMs in something 
very, very much more structured than, you know, yeah. what Lamar used to see with these hams. And I, I think it's working. And I, I, as much as I didn't like a lot of the structure with the 2017 regulations and structuring it to only having four manufacturers abilities chassis, it's helping keep the cost down yeah. and keep these AMs involved. And that's what's important. So definitely need them and I'm glad they're there. Yeah. And it, it provides a lot of avenues for, for people who are passionate about the sport to get involved with the sport and at, at the highest level. Um, but the thing is, of course, the Le Mans entry list has a limited number. You have 62 places now. It was 60, and they actually upped it last year at the bequest of United Autosports, who now, the more the more, the more I think about it, they must have had some commercial agreement to erect temporary garages to allow them to get a second entry because there was just no way that the, uh, that the ACO were going to budge on that without financial compensation. So um, they actually created... Uh, two temporary garages which are going up again this year um, so there's a limited amount of spots that these LMP2 teams and these GTE AM teams can slot into so how do these teams earn an invite to Le Mans if they are not already a part of the WEC what are their avenues for getting onto this Le Mans entry list a lot of this is about kind of showing confidence and investing in the ACO's um style of racing so a lot of these teams in lmp2 also have other lmp2 cars in different series but also lmp3 cars yeah and that's where a lot of depth and investment and amateur money comes into the sport across the aco family of feeder series sort of thing um if you look at Several teams like United, like um, um, high class. Who else? High. Um, well, not necessarily high class with okay. with um, LMP3, but um, who am I thinking of? Into Europol. Um, I didn't want Ooh. to mince my words because there are lots that sound similar. Yeah, definitely. Um, the teams that have the and Graf and people like that, they've got lots of LMP3 cars in their kind of portfolio, and it's using this base to to play your cards towards the ACO and say, look, we're investing in you. We're putting confidence in you. You give us that back by giving us an entry to Le Mans. And there are certainly teams that have taken that avenue uh, in an attempt to get invites. We mentioned United Autosports from last year. They felt that they earned a second invite by running two plus cars in LMP2 and LMP3 in all available ACO series. Um, so they did end up getting that second invite in the end and they went out and secured a second invite this year by running the WEC. Um, and there's also uh, another avenue for getting additional invites and that's through the auto invite system, uh, which I'm going to get Cookie to explain to us because he's being awfully silent at the moment, aren't you, Austin? Well, I was just checking a couple other resources here, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping you on your toes. So, yeah. so, so, how do you earn an auto invite to to one? If you if you don't want to risk getting invited, how do you get make sure that you're automatically on, in there? Um, you got to be competitive in one of ACO's um, affiliated championships that they have uh, throughout the uh, pretty much international sports car racing scene. Um, if you're an IMSA. Uh, in the in the, uh, in the North America U.S. area, you got IMSA. If you're in the Asian market, you got Asian Le Mans Series. European, you know, anywhere around Europe, European Le Mans Series. 
and we've seen um, different squads basically kind of run different programs and try to jockey in different um, uh, championships to try to get that uh, auto invite. Mm-hmm. And it's worked for to an extent for certain entries, um, notably the some of the most bizarre ones that that we've seen uh, coming kind of coming from the state side and attempts by Rick Ware racing, yeah, um, which we'll get into later. That's that. hilarious. But um, you know, so, and that's, but that's part of the game. And I like that aspect mm-hmm. of it. And I think the ACO have done a really good job in pitching that and really kind of using the, the um, invite style of Lamar to their advantage and mm. how they try to get competitors involved and in competing in a lot of their championships because yep. that is a very enticing carrot for a lot of these teams. Oh yeah, it's it's great leverage for the ACO to have to get teams involved in some of the smaller series. So for example, the Asian Le Mans series uh, had LMP2 17 cars as their top class for the first time, and they managed to get three or four teams coming over from Europe to run in that series at the with the goal of earning a Le Mans invite in mind. And that turned out into a great series. And we'll have a review uh, episode of the Asian Le Mans series coming up in the very near future. So so you can earn a Le Mans invite by winning an ACO championship or placing high in an ACO championship as well. So that's how you end up on the Le Mans entry list if you're an LMP2 team or a GTM team. And we've got a few... We certainly have a, a solid group of teams who have gotten their invites through the auto invite system, but a group as well who have been invited in addition to the auto invite system. So we'll go through, um, we, we of course know our usual WEC competitors. We've got uh, twenty-two, the number 22 United World Sports, number 29 racing team Netherland car, high class racing in the 33, uh, 36 of Signature Alpine, the 37 and 38 run by Joda, um, one of them under the Jackie Chan DC moniker, Cool Racing in the number 42 and Settler Racing in the Delara in the number 47 car. Now, in addition to that, the auto invite winners uh, f- that have earned LMP2 invites are from the European Le Mans series, IDEX Sport and G-Drive Racing um, for finishing first and second respectively in LMP2. Euro International, who won the LMP3 series in uh, uh, in that, which was only confirmed... I think last month after extensive legal battle um, uh, over a debate in the the end of the European Le Mans series LMP3 race um, after a lengthy red flag. Um, There is Performance Tech from IMSA who won the LMP2 competition in IMSA, the whole, the two car LMP2 competition in IMSA. They still get an invite. Um, And then from the Asian Le Mans series, it is Nielsen Racing who won the LMP3 championship and then Thunderhead Carlin, who won the LMP2 championship, nope. the overall. Nope. Nope. They it was didn't. Algarve oh, Pro. You're correct. Yes. Algarve won the LMP2 championship. Um, and then Thunderhead came second. So that's not an auto invite. They just got an additional invite just for being cool. Um, and then, as Cookie mentioned <laughs> earlier, Rick Ware Racing in the LMP2 AM category in the Asian Le Mans series, winning that basically uncontested in the end due to issues for the other LMP2 competitors. LMP2 and competitors, that is. So, um, of those auto entry winners, is there anyone that, looking back on, surprised you uh, to that they earned an entry? I think the the one that sticks out for everyone is Rick Ware Racing. 
I mean, yes, I that sticks out. That doesn't stick out to me in terms of because I mean they it makes sense they they put two entries in what was I think a four or five car it entry was a four car field. Yeah, so they had a fifty percent shot. We didn't really peg them to win it because there was definitely better chassis there. But like, I mean, it's a four round championship, and if something goes wrong in a couple rounds, you're done, and yeah. they won it. So. That doesn't surprise me really because they're there. It, I mean, the whole thing kind of makes me laugh a little bit or giggle a bit. But I mean, the Thunderhead one is a little bit surprising. They were quick, and I think they do do they do deserve an entry. But I mean, I don't know. It's it's definitely a non oreca and that mm. maybe is what stands out to me. Yeah, that there's another Delara besides Settlar because it's just been Delara uh, Settlar for the past two years with Delaras. So, um. For a year, I think, because I think uh, Netherlands went to Delara, right? Yes. I think for a bit. Well, so. Netherlands yeah. initially had a Delara, then moved to an Orica and won immediately. So that tells you kind of all you need to know. Um, and United. And United, uh, they were ran- running a Ligier. But same thing. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, so uh, honestly, the the biggest thing, the most exciting thing for me there is like dr- teams like IDEC and G Drive. Well, G Drive we kind of expect, but like Nielsen Racing, these teams that have been in and around the ACO competition for a while, but have finally broken through to take championships. Those are the ones that are really exciting for me. The one that I, besides Rick Ware Racing, which I still think is hilarious, the one that I am a little so so on is Performance Tech, like. They won a two-car IMSA class basically by turning up. Their competition was not really, you know, that uh, exciting or competitive. And they had pretty good amateur for a lot of it, didn't they? Have Gabriel Aubrey for a lot of the yeah, races. Yeah, yeah. But and he's that showed they had the money, man. Top silver. If if you're if you're an IMSA and you and regardless of, if you was just yourself and you competed in enough championship uh, championship rounds to earn yourself the actual title. Like that at least shows you have way more money than most European and Asian law series teams. Like I would say to boot just because of how expensive it is to run an IMSA. Mm. So, I mean, that at least tells them that they, whatever they they've got, they at least have the ability to procure those funds to get to Le Mans. And I think that's a lot of it too, but I don't know. The, um, I think what also stands out uh, too, is that there's only really um, one team that's got two entries. Mm. And we're, I'm used to seeing LMP2 kind of having multi-team and multi-entry teams, or at least sponsorship or affiliation teams. I'm not seeing a ton of like alignment no. outside of the two United Autosports entries, and no. then also that 35 Eurasian Motorsport. That is going to be one I'm going to be interested to see what that piece yeah. is going to be. Um, that looks good too. We'll, we, yeah, we'll, we'll crack onto that that group of cars now. So there's a there's a group of extras as well. So these are the cars that um, came through into the Le Mans entry list through being directly invited by the ACO, who didn't win auto invites either through being in the WEC or winning championships. So this is uh, a group which includes the Dragon Speed USA uh, car, um, uh, which has been running in some uh, some. IMSA events, um, so mostly the NAEC. Um, uh, the Thunderhead Carlin that I mentioned earlier, Duquesne Engineering, Panas, uh, well, not Panas Bartez anymore, it's just Panas Racing. Um, a second car for United that we've mentioned, Into Europol, Eurasia Motorsport, uh, the SO24 run by Graf Car, and a car uh, run, well, which is uh, monikered by Richard Mill, so the Richard Mill Racing Team. 
Um, so Cookie's already made mention of the Eurasia Motorsport car. That car to me is also very exciting because it's got my favorite driver behind the wheel, Shane Van Gisbergen, going to make his debut at Le Mans, which is freaking awesome. Um, so that's going to be, if you've been following the Asian Le Mans series, the New Zealand livery car. Of that group, you've made mention United. the second United car is the really the interesting one there. Because, yeah, as you said, the only dual car teams are really... You could you could argue Joda and Jackie Chan DC because Joda runs both of those cars, and then the two United cars, and then otherwise there is no teammates in terms of cars in that field, like at all. You could argue the Signatech kind of running of Richard Mill is yeah. kind of a you know there might be like a transfer of setup and stuff, but it's not really. It's kind of like the Jota running Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of the same. Um, but we'll see because they're kind of they're, they're relatively new. Um, I think starting kicking off in the ELMS soon. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, what do we think about this whole this whole entry list? Who who are we excited to see? Anyone in particular? There's a lot, man. There is a lot. There is a lot, that actually. Yeah. In. Um, I mean, we say it, we say it every year. I mean, we do say it every year. But this one is, <laughs> I, I think, also with the uniqueness that really indeed that there are probably two teams that have dual entries and that there are so many individual very very good teams on this list and driver lineups that i mean it's hard to pick one and you you could you could you could kind of do like a gold tier silver tier bronze tier a little bit maybe but i don't know i mean the united a lot of the wc entries look look very good g drive will be very very quick i'm i'm i think that eurasia motorsport will be a sleeper Mm. Um, it, it there's just I, I that might well that that'll that'll be it for me. I'll just be saying sleepers and yeah. favorites. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like the thing is, be every single car in this entry list has a a story behind it, which makes it interesting. On top of that, as well, there are some of the cars that have been additionally invited that could legitimately win. Like you said, Eurasia Motorsport. Sure, I'm looking at that second United car. I mean, mm-hmm. Will Will Owen, yeah. Alex Brundle, and Job Van Utert. That's a freaking crazy car. That's a crazy driver lineup. No, I mean even yeah, no, and just to speak to your other point, that the even the twenty one, the Dragon Speed USA entry, that's a pretty, pretty good lineup. Mamor Rojas has been pretty quick in an LMP two car. I, mm. I I thought I've seen Ryan Cullen in in some victory circles like a couple of times, and obviously Pippo Durani is really good. So I mean I you know you can make an argument for I would say over seventy five percent of these cars to maybe have a chance to do something, and then you can just laugh the Rick Ware Racing, but um... who are apparently going to be in O'Reilly, so we'll have all four chassis back at Le Mans in LMP two yes. for the first time since. Probably not. Probably not. Okay, I am not even a little bit surprised. I, I mean, they they remember they didn't have the spare parts to do Daytona. <laughs> yeah, I know so... it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, so well, bad. they're busy making them, so just hold on. Yes, of I'm course. sure. Um, who who excites you on that entry list, uh, Ollie? Who 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 gets your motor revving? So looking outside of WEC yep. um, teams that are really pretty competitive already, um, all of them are really strong. Um, I'm looking at United All Sports, the 32 that yep. you already mentioned. Um, Dragon Speed was already mentioned. I like the look of IDEX Sport and Duquesne. So I knew I've been a fan of, yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of Duquesne. Um, unfortunately, last year they had a bit of a suspension issue, I think, and a mm-hmm. puncture as well. Despite running at the front of the LMP2 class, yes. I think at the front. Yeah. Um, I think 
yeah, they they're really pretty good in ELMS. But speaking of ELMS, I mean, IDEX Sport coming off winning the championship last with, season with Memo Rojas and uh, Felipe Albuquerque. That car had in the uh, ELMS championship last season. So not um, with... Felipe Albuquerque was United. Oh yes, sorry. Um, who was in that other car then? It was Memo Rojas. Memo and... Rojas. And um, I think the, the amateur is still preserved. So um, I think it was, was it Lafargue? I can't remember anyway. But It might have been um, Chatin and Lafargue, which makes sense yeah. then why, um, why uh, yeah, so yeah, they're, they're together then, which is fine. Yeah, so I think Bradley is a good guy to join them um, after uh, Rojas moving away. But um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be good to see what they what they can do. Um, also, I really want to see after a strong uh, AS LMS Asian Le Mans series showing of Thunderhead Carlin. I really, really want to see them do pretty well. Um, McLaren driver um, Ben Barnacote was rapid at Bathurst as well. He's shown really good pace in Asian Le Mans series. I really want to see him go well if he's added to the mm. entry list for the Thunderhead Carlin Team. racing entry. Yeah. The problem is with that entry, though, is that they're already going to lose Jack Manchester. Uh, not Jack Manchester, sorry. Uh, that's the name I'm looking at. Harry Tinknell, uh, who's going to um, the Aston Martin. Uh, so they're going to be one driver down from their normal lineup. Um, Barnaco, if he stays if he stays with that team, Barnaco is a fantastic driver. He is also, if you ever get the chance to meet him, the most welcoming dude. Um, like... He will talk your ear off at any opportunity. So if you ever get a chance to meet Ben Barnico, sit down and have a chat with him. Even stand up, have a chat with him, walk with him. He's he's just great fun. And I think it will be interesting to see how that team does in that Delara because they had an awful ELMS, but in return, their Asian Le Mans series campaign mm. was fantastic. The, the concern I have with this is the Carlin aspect and just taking a, a youngster from Formula whatever um and just filling that seat with a, a young pay driver amateur that's never done it before that's kind of a concern that i have mm. where you're swapping the likes of harry tinknell for another amateur from the carlin sort of tree um that is the only concern i have really that's a fair enough uh fair enough um concern and i would i would hate to see that happen especially when you've got already so many good LMP2 drivers floating in the ether at the moment. You know, there's there's certainly drivers who have missed out on drives that would make my team if I was making a team to go through to uh, Le Mans. Uh, so we talked a fair amount about teams that have made it onto the entry list. Now let's have a bit of a look at teams who might have missed out and who are missing. And the the two that well, sorry, the one that we've already made mention in passing is the second car that High Class wanted to run. There was a, a car that High Class wanted to run, which was a, a, I guess, a reimagining of the Dane train. Um, the idea would be that it would get uh, Jan Magnussen, who was a former uh, Corvette driver, uh, maybe in with his son, uh, Kevin Magnussen, who everyone now knows from F1, and another um, Danish driver. Uh, that car is on the reserve list, and as we've seen in the past, if you're beyond fourth in the reserve list, you, the team often just straight up 
folds because they've they've put a tar- car together with the aim of being on the Le Mans entry list, and if they're not on the entry list, there's no point of putting the car together. Um, so that car has not gotten off the ground. Um, another car that I personally think should have been on the entry list and is not, and it kind of really annoys me, to be honest, is the second car for Inter Europol. Uh, and I'll talk about that a bit more um, if if these guys let me give me the platform to rant for a second. Um, but is there anyone else that you think immediately jumps out of you, out, out at you rather, as a team that should have been on the entry list but isn't? None. I think I think we've already mentioned high class, but I mean, the the Danish guys, the fans, they take over like the yeah. city. It's it's insane the amount of people from Denmark go that go. I think they've missed a missed out a lot of um, not necessarily fan interaction, but like there was going to be a lot of Danish stuff put on by high class if they made it with this car. Um, in the paddock and whatever uh, for the Danish fans. So yeah, um, it's kind of a bit of a bit of a break in, in the connection Denmark has had over the, the last 20, 25 years. years. Yeah. Because remember Tom Christensen yeah. brought in a lot of fans personally because of his, yeah. yeah. And his brother runs a lot of campsites. Okay. And things oh, wow. At so there, there are like, campsites just for danish people run by danish people um and it yeah i think the atmosphere for them is going to be a bit muted um i'm i thought spirit of race would be quite fun to in lp2 uh no with um ferrari 488 okay they are. Because uh, I think they're they're quite nice in in ELMS. They're they're on the uh, the reserve list. Um, but we'll talk about them a bit more when we talked about GTE M. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, another name that I want to throw out there is RLRM Sport, uh, who did race at Le Mans last year. Um, they didn't finish, uh, unfortunately. I think they had a engine blow up on them. Um, they've been racing. I think they've had a program in LMP2 in uh in the ELMS, LMP2 AM in the Asian Le Mans series, which ironically went up in flames. Um, and in uh, IMSA as well, I think they're running a car this year. Um, curiously, not on the entry list or the reserve list, uh, which I'm I'm a little surprised at. Uh, any thoughts on that? The, they're kind of... I associate them with running not that competitively based on the amateurs. Yep that they use um so it's kind of yeah sure they've spent a lot um with the lmp2 old and new platform but on the other hand they aren't that competitive yeah fair enough now i've been given a bit of shtick in track in chat here um saying that the bakers meaning into europol uh barely deserve their first entry uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go into bat for Inter Europol. I'm gonna uh, defend in the defense of Inter Europol competition. So they've been given a first invite. And I, I guess most of my arguments are gonna be the same arguments we had when talking about United Autosports last season. The, the idea of buying into the ACO product and doing their bit to promote it. So they run uh, one car. I think they run two cars even in the ELMS competition in LMP2 in addition to cars in LMP3. Uh, and again, in the uh, sorry, the Asian Le Mans series, they ran two cars in LMP2, two cars in LMP3. 
Now, the car that has been entered has been taken up um, by Jakub Smykowski, who is the amateur driver in their LMP2 team. Now, the reason I say they probably deserved a second invite is because their LMP3 pairing of Martin Hipper and Nigel Moore are the most successful LMP3 pairing of all time. So I think that car that they run has not finished off the podium besides post-race penalties in something like 18 events. Um, So they were the team that took the LMP3 class in the ELMS at the line. Um, Post-race penalties for drive time infringements uh, due to a different interpretation of the red flag ruling and driver times meant that that got taken off them. And... I think that for their efforts in LMP3, both in the European Le Mans series and in the Asian Le Mans series, that pairing of Moore and Hipper should have been granted an LMP2 invite. Now, they still might. They still might go in with Smykowski and have a uh, a triple AM driver lineup. Um, however, I think that relegating them to the... Uh, to to the reserve list and quite low on the reserve list as well. They're sitting in eighth on the reserve list. I think that is a, a, a somewhat a, a, a slight at into Europol competition uh, and specifically towards their LMP3 efforts because their LMP3 efforts were deserving of an L, uh, of a, of a Le Mans invite. Yeah, I would agree with you um, with that. I, I think there should be more emphasis on trying to get, to uh, to promote some of the lesser series to kind of do not relegation but the opposite of that just promotion mm. almost um of sorts and to try to get them interested in it and, and and maybe there should be some kind of parachute support system designed for these new lmp3 teams or whatever trying to come up in there where aco might just supply a a vehicle for them I mean, they got hmm. the income to do it, something like that, or whatever, just to encourage them to do it and have a slot. Thing is, there's just a there's just a limited amount of uh, entries, yeah. and right now we're even blessed with the fact of having well, quotes blessed there that we're having LMP1 be as thin as it is, and having GT Pro while being still somewhat healthy, you know, not have as many entries as we've seen that it's capable of in the past. Um, so we would have much more difficulty even getting more of these entries on, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's, I, but I think there's always going to be some element of, you know, who, who missing, just got yeah. left out and snubbed. Yeah. So, yeah, it wouldn't annoy me so much if they were like third or fourth on the entry list, you know, if they were in the position of say the high class Dane train car, which I think, you know, high class haven't really done enough to justify a second entry. If they were in fourth position of the entry list, I would be like, okay, you know, you're on the outer, you might not get a shot, but at least you're there. Cause they're eighth. That's that to me, that's a slap in the face to me. I think finally, uh, before we move on from LMP2, there is always this question every single year of politics getting involved in the handing out of some of these uh, extra invites. Now, to me... Well, sorry, I'll pose this question to the both of you first. Of those who have been given extra invites, which ones strike you as maybe a bit political in nature? Which ones strike you as maybe think, making you think, go, maybe, they, maybe they've not quite earned that? So who's going to go first, then? <laughs> Rock, paper, <laughs> scissors. <laughs> We, how can we time it? 
Uh, screw it. I'll make a decision. Ollie, go first. Give me one. <laughs> well, the, the obvious kind of meaning, uh, uh, the loaded question here is about the Richard Mill int- introduction to um, the Le Mans entry list, um, mainly because they haven't raced before. Um, yeah, they've kind of invested in ELMS, but um, yeah, it's it's carrying on from the the politics of last year with uh, certain drivers that weren't added uh, onto the entry oh, list. Yes, um, I forgot that this was also a thing last year. Yes, yeah. Um, based on having a, a GT three team put on the entry list, and then everyone was kicking off. No shit. Mm. Um, so okay, yeah. so we should probably explain what's going on here. So the Richard Mill Racing Team. Firstly, Richard Mill is very much a part of the WEC um, in terms of the organizing body, or the FIA, or yeah. the FIA. Yeah, there you go. Um, and the Richard Mill Racing Team is kicking off in LMS this season with a three car, a three driver lineup of Catherine Legg, Tatiana Calderon, and Sophia Florsch. So firstly, there's the female drivers at Le Mans angle. Secondly, Richard Mille is very much, I don't want to say in bed with the FIA, but he is very much involved with the FIA. Um, and this is also going to be a French flag team. So you have three potential, let's call them angles for attack here on this car. But in saying that... And also though, run by Signatech. And, yeah, and also That's run by Signatech. <laughs> <laughs> which which we all know uh, we're well we've been asking for dpi to lamon for years haven't we mm. <laughs> that's the alpine it's it's oh, guys come on anyway so mm. so there's you you would say there's a bunch of problems quote unquote with this car but like as much as as much as there is politics behind it of course i think this is a strong political move and I, i'm not anywhere near as annoyed as at this particular entry as i have been at some other entries that have been placed in for political reasons in the past yeah it's it's a lot more agreeable than what happened last year in terms of the the um the anger towards the aco Mm. and saying oh it's a sexist organization but based on the fact that it was a gt3 team that isn't an aco product running in an imsa series which is an expecting product. Yeah. to be yeah expecting to be on the the entry list potentially because they were women um this time round they i think they're doing it the right way investing in an aco product and they're getting rewarded for it um it's kind of the if they're competitive then the fact that they're women doesn't necessarily come into it um because they have a lot of reasons to be on that entry list in the first place now yeah. um based on the cards that we that that they could play that we were talking about earlier yeah so as far as political malarkey goes i'm kind of okay with the number 50 card being on there like it it serves a purpose sure it there's questions over that team's not legitimacy, but, you know, with that team's experience and, you know, being a fresh team, not having done any races yet, sure. But I have I have no questions in the ability of Signatech as a team, Orica as a chassis, and the drivers as they are to be uh, competitive and essentially just not be a, a piss take. So, to me... Two like, silvers, though. Yeah, two silvers, but, you know, they're not completely no-name silvers. Like, Sophia Florsch 
is a uh, no, sorry, it's flourish because that's an umlaut. Um, you know, she's a, a up and coming single seated driver. Tatiana Calderon, okay, maybe that's uh, in some people's eyes going to be a bit more of a problem. Um, but Catherine Legg is the team anchor. Like Legg's almost won an IMSA series, so she's she's certainly uh, capable. And it's not like to, there's other cars in the entry list which aren't uh, double silvered or double ammed anyway. There you go. That's my that's my take on it. Cookie, do you have anything to add to that? Nope. You guys pretty much nailed it on all those points. Um, I mean, they're driving a pretty top flight um, vehicle yeah. pretty much at this point uh, in the class. So I, it, it kind of removes like the well that they not only you know you could say driver lineup and all this other all this route against no they're 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 doing it like you said the right way in terms of how they're going about trying to gain an entry and trying to do it competitively which it would appear that they would do with this so mm. i don't really have an issue with it and yeah it's going to draw attention and the aco like to draw attention to lamar in yeah. different ways and, and that's this is another one of those ways so and the the thing that annoys me about political malachy is when it's like a piss take of a of a of an entry is where where you go okay you've only just put that in because of who you know not what they've achieved um and on that note cookie i'll see if i can get you to maybe look at another team on that entry list which may have been given a entry for more political reasons than ability reasons Mm. if you can find one Because I think there's at least three. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hub Auto Corsa? Lame. No, I'm talking about LMP2. LMP2 only. And uh, Hub Auto Corsa won their entry, dude. Do it. Oh, yeah. Whoops, I apologize. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm going to be I'm gonna be extremely unsurprising and point out all the French teams. Um, specifically, uh, I want to look at Panis Racing and SO24 by Graph Racing. Now... Graph Racing is a pretty competitive team in LMS, uh, and same with uh, same with Panas Racing, but they are also uh, pretty. I don't want to say again. I don't want to say in bed with the ACO, but they're they're, they're probably you'd say of all the LMP2 teams, they're like the ACO's pet teams. I guess you'd say you know they're French. They're in the case of Panas, run by uh, a team a, a guy who lives at Le Mans. So twenty four has uh, is the spirit of twenty four, so that has you know sponsorship from. Um, you know, various associations around the Le Mans event. So they're teams that have uh, maybe a bit more of a vested interest in the personnel in the cars as opposed to what they might bring to the event from an ability standpoint. Um, so, you know, we have a favorite saying on this podcast, Frenchies being Frenchies. And yeah, this is a bit uh, a bit of that. But they they do bring attention to the event from in a local sense. I mean, Julian Canal, uh, who is in the, the Panas car, I believe he's still in the Panas car. He isn't currently listed in the Panas car on my entry list, but apparently he actually owns the McDonald, the Le Mans McDonald's. <laughs> so there you Correct. go. Yeah. So he, yeah. Wow. So that's why he uh, has, Le, uh, has McDonald's sponsorship and always gets a Le Mans invite, no matter how that team is doing. Yeah, there you go. Any comments on that before we move on to our last class of the Le Mans entry list? 
No, I think uh, it should be pretty competitive. Um, and it's a, a, a really nice, varied entry list. Uh, again, again, I can't harp on the competitive aspect of this, too. It's just uh, it's, it's good to see LMP2 continue to stay really, really healthy. And mm. um, and a, a lot of our conversation was talking about the reserve list uh, for LMP2, which is, again, it's it's good to have that discussion, um, you know, because we do have classes that do not have that luxury uh, time and time again. And um, for all the issues that I still think that these regulations have a little bit, um, car counts are not one of them. And man, it's just really refreshing to have that so mm. <laughs> i'm just i'm just glad to see I, I will just be glad to see 24 lmp2 cars take the uh, green flag like hopefully that, at the mall that, that uh, in itself is just like that just sounds awesome like yeah oh yeah. that'll be amazing that's, yeah that's basically a full f1 grid right there oh. uh, that's a healthy f1 grid of oh. uh, pretty much competitive race cars that should be really really close in terms of lap times oh. cookie you're getting me excited and then o'reilly and O'Reilly, yeah. And then O'Reilly, yep. yep. <laughs> Brilliant. I hope that, just on that note, there, there's only Cody Ware list of that car. I hope Grinberger's actually stays in that car because he was a really, really cool dude. Um, the Lithuanian 17-year-old driver who uh, has been racing in the Asian Le Mans series with them. I hope they uh, they stick together for Le Mans because that'll be cool. Moving on to GTM. So, again, uh, this is the 11-car WEC GTM field bolstered by an additional if my math checks out nine entries, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yep. That does check out. Um, so in addition to our normal 11 cars, we have an additional car from AF Corsa, uh, a, a car from Luzic racing, which were the ELMS champions, um, in the GTE class by a long way as well. Um, WeatherTech racing coming over from America, uh, on the back of McNeil, Cooper McNeil, that is, um, Kessel Racing, uh, which I believe won the uh, Michelin Le Mans Cup, which is the GT3 series uh, Correct. that runs with LMP3. Yep. So they get a Le Mans invite there. Um, Hub Auto Corsa or Hub Auto Racing um, won the GT class of the Asian Le Mans series. So they'll be coming along in a Ferrari 488. Gear Racing from uh, listed as a Denmark team, they're going to be coming in as well. So we'll talk a bit about them as well. Iron Lynx, which is a another uh, entry from the European Le Mans series, um, which got an invite as opposed to an auto invite. JMW Motorsport are running Richard Heisend, who's from the IMSA series. I believe Heisend is actually the the man behind PFAF Motorsports. Um, which rings a bell, which, yeah, which, uh, run the played Porsche. So interesting that they're not running a, a, a Porsche for, for JMW Motorsport. And then, uh, Dempsey Proton Racing is the second car to earn a auto invite from the European Le Mans series. So you have, uh, Luzic and Proton from the European Le Mans series, Hub Auto Corsa from the Asian Le Mans series, JMW running the IMSA entry, the auto entry, uh, Kessel Racing from the Michelin Mon Cup, and then you have AF Corsa, WeatherTech Racing, um, Gear Racing, and Iron Links as your four additional invites. Now, I'm interested to see the discussion over what factors have been put in for those four additional invites. Um, 
So, firstly, the AF Corsa car, I'm not even exactly sure where that's come from. It's obviously listed as an Italian car, but it's got drivers Christopher Ulrich, Stefan Gorig, and Alexander West. Um, so, I'm not actually familiar with any of those drivers at all. Um, so, if anyone's got a clue as to how they've been given an invite, please shed some light. It feels like a an SRO bronze GT3 entry from some sort of GT3 race, to be honest. It doesn't excite me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit boring, to be honest. I think there's better potential out there. but Because mm, I, I think uh, Gorig and West stand out to me as names from Garage 59 in the, yeah. in the very, very bronze car. Yeah, I recognise Alexander West from um, history at Garage 59 with the McLaren. Yeah, I think. okay, yeah. Yeah, so, and they're, they're all three bronze rated as well, which I don't think they've actually had a triple bronze car at Le Mans. They certainly didn't have one last year. So, yeah, this is this is a bit of a weird one. So, I, I wonder how they've gotten a seat. The, the next three, I think, are pretty easy answers. So... The Cooper McNeil WeatherTech racing car is quite obviously off of the IMSA ties with, you know, the fact that the McNeils own the WeatherTech series. Well, they own WeatherTech, right? Yeah, so that's that's why they have a Le Mans invite, and they've had a Le Mans invite for the past umpteen years because of, you know, the fact that they own the IMSA series. Uh, well, not necessarily... Sorry, they don't own the IMSA series. They are the primary naming rights sponsor of the IMSA series. Um, they own one of the tracks, though. Yes. And yes, own one of the tracks, massively fund a race team for yep. the son of the owner of the company hmm. that owns all this. Yeah, yep. so, yeah. And to answer a question that's come up from chat, uh, Cooper McNeil did not win the IMSA GT Amateur Award. That was Richard Heisden, who, as we mentioned, we think raced for... Pa- uh, it's either PATH Motorsport or uh, I think potentially MSR in the in the Acura. I think, but, but Cooper McNeil did win the North American Ferrari Challenge. Uh, but that's not series. a that's not a, a that doesn't get a Lamont invite. <laughs> it's a uh, it's well, I mean, it's prestigious because it has the name Ferrari in it. So and yeah, and, and Ferrari do um, the kind of warm up races every three years with the Ferrari Challenge. Yep. So there's a connection. There is a connection there. I mean, the connection is much less flimsy than the whole <laughs> WeatherTech connection, because that's that's the real connection here. Um, but what about those other two cars? We have the Iron Lynx uh, Ferrari 488, which, is the, which last year was the Kessel Racing Iron Ladies, um, which has Manuela Gossner, Rahel Frey, and Michelle Gatting. And then the other car is the Gear Racing Ferrari, which raced at Daytona with an all-female lineup. And the only listed driver for that car at the moment is Christina Nielsen. So, what what reasons do you think they've been given invites, guys? Hmm. 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 Your humming is unhelpful in a podcast format. Um... I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is the, again, we're in the invitation aspect of of Lamas, so who knows what uh, any if if any other things were persuasive, or if there's this was an intentional 
uh, diplomatic reason or whatever. I don't yeah. know. It's it does it, they there there are definitely more worthy uh, entries to be put on this entry list, but they're just well, sometimes isn't so well i mean okay <laughs> I, I, I i can definitely understand iron link so iron links technically is a new team but it's basically last year's castle racing uh yes. all female outline yes yeah and yep. they they were a force last season the elms they took podiums consistently they were in with a chance of winning that le mans invite for second place in the championship they were in actually because best place i think ballast. pardon because of some nice success ballast yeah well, they, they were well i mean they they gained the system very nicely um and they were you could say cruelly taken out uh in the very last race of the series on the first lap by that massive accident in which jack manchester yep. uh was the uh the catalyst for so they sat in the pits for an hour under park firmer conditions under red flag unable to repair the car and then as soon as they got to repair it it was chassis damage and it was done so that's kind of crap but they they certainly showed that they have the endurance spirit to earn a spot at Le Mans. I'm fine with that. Gear racing, again, this this one feels to me a bit more political in, in nature. So it's, uh, for those who miss Daytona, they were running well at Daytona, the car ended up on fire. You know, that's fine. That's kind of shit, sure, whatever. Um, however, I this is one where I feel like, you know, there may be more deserving outfits that are missed out. So, for example, number one on the entry, uh, the reserve list, is um, the Spirit of Race Ferrari. Now, Spirit of Race uh, have been a big, uh, a long-time runner in ELMS competition, this particular outfit, um, featuring drivers Duncan Cameron, Aaron Scott, and Matt Griffin. Now, they've raced at Le Mans plenty of times, and they were also a team in a position to potentially take a Le Mans auto invite in the ELMS race. That got taken out in that same accident. So, you know, to me, that's possibly more... They were have shown more loyalty to the ACO product line, the ACO ladder than, you know, than gear racing, which has been selected. So, you know, there are, there are swings and roundabouts with this, of course, you know, the ACO have made a decision, which they feel is the most correct for their series. Um, But yeah, I I wonder, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Well, I, I think this is a little bit of ACO too, playing a bit of the system also knowing that, uh, I mean, Yes, it is unfortunate for them to be left off of the entry list, but they are number one slotted. Yep. So, um, and I, I can't recall the last year that all entries have accepted and gone on. I, I, I believe, I'm trying to come up with dates. I can't actually off the top of my head right now, but it's, I mean, they, you, they have us, they stand a good chance of still getting, gaining an entry with oh, somebody yeah. dropping. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I would, I'm I'm with you. I think the that entry should be uh, have been included, but uh, I I think they stand a good chance of still gaining that entry and still continuing. But it is it is a little bit weird to see them not get honored with just an entry d- due to how many times that they have been in, in this race. Uh, but how much of that is the nature of the beast and the ACO wanting to give other AM teams a, a shot and see if they can kind of bite the, you know, the apple a little bit and, you know, get hooked. So we'll, mm. we'll see. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And as much as, uh, that spirit of race out- outfit have been racing in the ELMS, they have not ever made the step up to commit to a WEC season or anything furthermore from that. So, you know, they're, I wouldn't say they're not doing themselves any favors, but they're, Certainly not pushing the envelope. Um, Ollie, any thoughts? Yeah, I think the out of those two 
mentioned the Iron Links team has a lot more base to kind of build from to be to justify getting an entry. Mm. Um, getting making it last year with uh, the invitation, um, didn't they win? Do it on winning. Um, they Kessel winning a Michelin Le Mans Cup or yes, something like that. Yes, they did. Um, and like you mentioned before, already in ELMS doing doing pretty well for themselves. Um, I remember them the the team of drivers walking past me in the um, open pit lane last year, and there was a lot of buzz around. Uh, a lot of kids, young girls, hmm. you know, crowding around these drivers. They wanted their autographs more than conventional other GTM entries. So there is a lot behind these this Iron Links team um, that kind of sets a precedent of them coming back um, that you can't really say for the gear racing team. They don't race in ACO series. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, they've, they've got a good driver put down for Christine and Nielsen. Um, which might have been the swaying factor exactly. Yep. Two times um, into GTD champion. They're racing a car that they don't usually race. Um, yeah, to be honest, I would maybe prefer the Spirit of Race fifty-five on the entry list um, rather than the reserves. But there we go. Yeah, that's the nature of the beast, I guess. Yeah, and just on the note um that you said about uh the the trio of uh drivers for the iron links uh car um creating a lot of buzz and creating a lot of uh interest um i i actually just want to add uh, an extra little point to that so this is going to be a complete tangent so if you're you're listening along please stick with me there is a point to this um so today in australia we just had the the final the women's world t20 cup in cricket um and of course, we're recording this on International Women's Day as well, so there was a big push for uh, for people to go to the ground. They they put it in the MCG, which is the biggest sports stadium in Australia. It's got 100,000 seats, and they put 86,000 people for a women's cricket game. Like, this is it was an absolutely crazy number, crazy atmosphere. Um, one of the things that was mentioned by some of the players in that game was that when they were growing up, uh, starting club cricket, they didn't have anything like this. So for them, uh, you know, one of one of the most uh, famous women in that team, uh, Elise Perry, who's a worldwide name in cricket nowadays, um, she her debut, which was twelve years ago, wasn't even telecast like at all. So the only recording of that is someone's home camera. And so you know, she said, you know, my debut twelve years ago wasn't broadcast, but now here we are playing in front of eighty six thousand people. And it's that sort of exposure that then allows young kids, and there were plenty of them in the audience, um, the idea that they can then go on and do this for themselves to inspire the next generation to go, hey, I want to be Elise Perry or I want to be Beth Mooney or rounding it back to motorsports, I want to be the next Manuel Manuela Gosner or Rahel Frey or Catherine Legg or et cetera, et cetera. So uh, to me, I think it's something that definitely should be celebrated and promoted um, to improve the diversity of the paddock, not just for the sake of the diversity in the paddock, but to to sort of provide a level playing field and provide inspiration for those who uh, might might be 
just starting their sports car watching journey and potentially maybe want to become a sports car racer themselves. So I think it's the right play to get these sort of teams involved and get these drivers involved. And they've chosen, at least with Iron Lynx and with the Richard Meal team, a tr- two trios of drivers who could definitely hold their own in the paddock. Yeah, I, I see this kind of mirrors um, a lot about um, women in STEM careers as well, mm. just like women in motorsport. And it's kind of like you want to, like you you were saying as well, use this as an investment into the future 10, 15 years time yep. sort of thing where you get young people interested because there's more visibility of it. So there are, for example, um, maybe fast track, I don't know the right word to call it, but for women in engineering, for example, yep. you can kind of use this as a similar view where you kind of give them a fast track to um, the entry list. So you might take make a bit of a sacrifice in terms of pissing off other good teams out there, but it, it might be a sacrifice they're willing to take to then have a better equality in future. Yeah, definitely. And if you are a woman listening in the audience, don't worry. The irony of three guys talking about women's representation in motorsports is not lost on me. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, but if, uh, seeing as, you know, we are talking about this, if you are uh, a woman in the audience and you would like to actually be on Endurance Chat, we're actually looking for people to be on Endurance Chat because scheduling scheduling these things are freaking hard. So if you actually want to be involved, shoot me a message. And so, yeah, so that's, I can see the importance of uh, these teams being on there. Um, so hopefully they do very, very well. Is there anyone, again, I'll ask the same question as I did with LMP2. Is there anyone who's not on that list that you think, is definitely missing who should have been on that list anyone jump out at you yeah i mentioned before the spirit of race i think they're a very competitive team in elms they've got history racing in elms yeah i think they should be on the entry list they are first reserve so if anyone does drop out they will be the team that is invited immediately to fill their place uh austin yeah yeah yeah, 55 for me too so yep okay well that's boring then (laughs) You guys were meant to meant to meant to add stuff. Um, I actually think the the D Station Racing uh, placed that low on the entry list is a little surprise to me uh, on the reserve list. Rather, I would have rather seen them pushed a bit further up um, because of their efforts in the Asian Le Mans series and also the fact that the two drivers have certainly enough racing behind them. Although I could understand mm. the ACO erring on the side of caution with uh hoshino who for those who don't remember was involved with the incident with the number 64 corvette of marcel fazler last year in the porsche curves which ended up taking the corvette out of it um and spinning going into a uh, slow zone yeah and crashing at fuji into paul dalalana and other stuff yeah okay um so you know there's certainly reason to be cautious um, but yeah, otherwise, I, in terms of GTE AM, maybe Car Guy as well. Car Guy would be the other one where I'm like, I really would have liked to have seen Car Guy back because they, they had a good uh, Asian Le Mans series. Um, they just didn't have a great one. And they were good last year as mm. well because they, they were given an invite, I think, as well. Yeah, they won the invite. A, a Asian Le Mans series. Yes. Um, 
they're a, they're a competitive team. Um, but yeah. The thing is with that though that they won the invite mostly off the back of uh, Kay Cozzolino. Now Cozzolino Yeah, and he's yeah, MR so Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um so that is the entry list the invites as they stand. Um there is also in addition a reserve list which we've made mention of quite a number of times. Um we should go through just reserve list in order just so that way you have a bit more context of where these cars sit. So we've made mention the Spirit of Race number 55 car of Duncan Cameron, Aaron Scott, and Matt Griffin is the first car on the end, uh, the reserve list. And we will expect that car to make its way onto the uh, onto the entry list. There is uh, a level of likelihood that of the 62 cars, one of them will pull out before the, the, the race gets underway, or rather the testing gets underway. Especially with Luzich Racing expected to fold, um, it might be the case that this entry is kind of bought by AF Corsa and it's kind of converted into another team or it's transferred with Spirit of Race. Mm, that would that would make sense. I, I think having Spirit of Race ready to go makes more sense than AF Corsa trying to backfill um, an entry. Um, so I, I think that is, that is the more likely option. Um, so then we have Bicolors Racing Team, um, for P1 in second position on the reserve list, then a second car for IDEX Sport, then the aforementioned second car for High Class, then a fourth car for Proton Competition. So Proton, of course, have the two cars in WEC plus the extra car that they've earned from the ELMS last season. So this would be a fourth car for Proton. And then once we get to number five on the entry list, number six on the entry list, you start to look at less likely uh, things coming through. So uh, a second Dragon Speed USA car. Now, this surprised me because uh, Heinrich Hedman, Ben Hanley, Felix Rosenquist, that would have been, for me, the first Dragon Speed car. So the fact that they are the second Dragon Speed car and also six on the reserve list is a little surprising. Um, a second Iron Lynx car, which would be uh, the second Kessel Racing car from the ELMS last season. Um, the second Inter Europol car, which I made mention of being should should have been given a slot further on, um, a third car for Team Project One uh, in a Porsche 911, and then on the tenth on the reserve list is the D Station Aston Martin, which I mentioned. So, is there any any issues you have with the reserve list? Is there any issues in the positioning that you would like to change if you were the ACO? I think the there are a few here that are kind of speculative. Um, applications okay so team project one proton competition they're kind of you know trying to see if they can cash in on their wide uh, investment into aco racing um they don't feel like a much a, a stronger effort compared to high class which is a brand new entry but um yeah they kind of just feel a bit speculative yeah. um I think, yeah, D-Station could go up maybe a bit more. Into Europol could go up a bit more. Dragon Speed could go up a bit more. But, yeah, it is what it is. Mm. Uh, what about you, Cookie? Any Anything that you're surprised to be missing off the reserve list or that you'd like to put further up or further down? Um, yeah, I mean, you make a good case for Interpol um, being a little bit higher up. Uh, the high-class racing, I think maybe I would have liked to see that too. Um, but, I mean, you know... Not really. I mean, it really is just kind of down to um, how many entries really drop out of this and that these guys just did not get it done to secure an auto invite. Mm. And um, 
maybe they need to do a little bit more political jockeying, but I, I maybe three or four entries that could be flipped. But if there's something behind the scenes that we're not sure of, I, I you know, I there might be a better argument to why that these guys are all of them are on the, um, that are on the entry list deserve to be there. So. Yeah. But there are definitely names on here that I, I would like to see if we could, you know, expand it a, a few more entries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it won't be too long until we get to see, was it 65 or 70 entries in the Le Mans entry list in the future because of works that they're doing to the Le Mans paddock in preparation for the 100th edition in 2023? No, that'll be the 100th anniversary. The 100th edition will be like in 2030 something. I believe so. Yeah, yes. it's a fair win. Yeah. 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 Okay. So just before we get to the end of the, the absolute end of the entry list, um, there is one more card that we haven't made mention of. We've made mention of 61 out of the 62 cars. And there is what's called uh, the innovative car, which traditionally has been called garage 56 because back when Le Mans used to have 56 garages, this would always be, you know, the extra one. Um, so this is uh, a car that's reserved for either innovative technologies or innovative uh, so- something that is not necessarily an ordinary entry. And this year it is the SRT41 team who have been at Le Mans before. Um, in I think it was 2018, they ran a LMP2 Ligier. Was it Ligier? I'm going to say it's a Ligier. They ran an LMP2 Ligier. Uh, in fact, it may have been an Orica. I don't even know. No, I think it's a Ligier. Okay, they they ran a they ran an LMP2 car which was outfitted to accommodate a yes because it would have been before the 2017 uh, regulations. You're right. Uh, where was I? They ran an LMP2 car which was uh outfitted to accommodate um Frederick Sosse, who is a quadruple amputee or quadruple uh yeah quad yeah. quadruple or yeah quadruple amputee yeah yeah quadruple amputee um so they actually finished the race they were able to get through um the attrition and the all the other stuff uh they managed to uh avoid any incident and they actually got to the end of the race which is a huge achievement um to see the way that they had to basically they had, they had to pull the car into the garage and essentially crane source into the car in order to get do the driver change which was really really cool and it was a really great story of that event in an event that was maybe marred by some uh more tragic stories <coughs> toyota um but uh, this year they're actually back. They're outfitting a car to accommodate. I think it's three amputees in that car. So um, Takuma Aoki, um, Snusi Ben Musa, and Nigel Bailey will be driving that car. As far as I am aware, all three of them are amputees to some extent. I'm not sure if they're all quadruple amputees or arm amputees, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but they are they are going to be running in garage 59 so that it, they're running an lmp2 car but they're not classified as an lmp2 car if that makes sense um it's kind of just they're given their own category yeah exactly it's the way it, the way it is yeah it's a showcase car um so in the past that car has had oh sorry that entry the garage 59 uh 56 has been like uh, i think the first hybrid entry at le mans was a garage 56 it's been, they had the delta wing as a garage 56 etc so it's a, it's a car to sort of showcase things how do we feel about that? Well, it, I think it's a cool story. Yeah, I mean, well, the the, the background too is that I think all three drivers are like you know have 
physical disabilities and they're all four of them are kind of trying to overcome or not not four of them three of them uh trying to overcome kind of those those issues i believe right that's Hmm. uh um if i was reading kind of that entry correctly like yeah left-hand amputee then the other ones yeah having you know paralyzation issue paralyzed so it's unique it's a, it's another take on kind of the human endurance and especially kind of showcasing what you know humans can do even when there's stuff that kind of goes wrong and i i like that i really mm. do i like that aspect of it it's not technology driven which i think is kind of where we're going you know with the initial want for that to be but i don't mind it if there isn't kind of a ability to, to deliver that and you know i'm disappointed that we don't see more of these garage 59 entries be kind of a technology based like testing garage ground 56 not garage 59 56. Garage, i'm garage sorry 59 is, is a team, team. Yeah, yeah as an aston martin god man sorry about that <laughs> and uh, not to be confused with 59 like 63 or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point 62 but Yes, I'm sorry. Garage 56 entry. Um, I don't mind it being kind of like this human performance kind of deal, too. I think that that is really, really intriguing. And, you know, who knows? That might actually translate to potential things that we could see in the consumer side. So why not? Why not? I like That's it. actually a great point. I, and I think I, I personally do not know enough people with physical uh, handicaps in my personal life to understand what it must take in order to be... Uh, physically handicapped in today's world and how and to drive in today's world as as a handicapped person so i have no idea the sort of struggles and the sort of challenges that would take but i would love to see any sort of developments that come from an effort like this and the srt 41 organization uh make their way to consumer cars to make people's lives easier um to overcome those challenges because yeah as you said overcoming these human challenges is a really really cool thing um any last comments on that before i start we start to wrap things up ollie i i can't wait to see what these guys can do really Mm. um i'd like to see how they compare with um you know there's a there's a massive range in performance in an lmp2 uh going into the race in terms of who we think is going to be competitive or not and i honestly have no idea Mm. where these guys are going to end up um, and I think it's going to be a really nice feel-good story, hopefully, if they run a clean race and kind of, you know, see how many LM- normal LMP2, standard LMP2 entries, yeah, see see how how many they can Compete overtake yeah. and, and, yeah, and, and um, finish for, uh, ahead of. Are you going to be firing up the spreadsheets when they, when they get in the car? Are you going to include them in your LMP2 analysis of Le Mans? Well, the thing that intrigues me is the... the how two of these are, are handicapped drivers, but they are silver rated. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think it's pretty cool. And mm. and one of the things that's that's interesting me is you've got before it was only catering to one driver's um, specific requirements with um, Frederick Sose. Whereas this, there are three different drivers with different handicaps requiring maybe different equipment in the car, different technology. So maybe the pit stops will take longer if they have to convert the car. But if if they can kind of design the, the the controls to be across this variance in um, disability, I think there's that's an interesting talking point as well. Mm. Um, so I think hopefully we we show this car on screen a lot 
for good reason, um, showing what these guys can do. It's kind of a bit like um, Zanardi in DTM and the BMW at Daytona. I think, yeah, I think it would be really, really cool to see these guys battling with um, the rest of the the LMP2 teams that we already know about. Yeah, I 100% agree. Cool. So now we've talked about all 62 entries on the Le Mans entry list, all, all the invites and the 10 reserve invites. And now I want to pose just three questions to finish off the show. Firstly, we have 31 prototypes and 31 GT cars. This is different to last year where we had, I think it was 26 prototypes and 30 GTE cars before the addition of the two United Auto Sports cars. Is the balance right? In your opinion, go cookie first. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, you can't get more balance than than even split, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could go that route, uh, but I, you know, there, there there's merit to be said for having more diverse, you know, uh, chassis in either category. But I think the ACO don't. This was the least of the ACO's worries in terms of, I, I guess. Um, you know, worrying about diversity, competitiveness, whatever. Theirs was almost just like, we have too much to choose from. Yeah. You know, this is the problem. Yeah. So, because um, we're not seeing, a, you know, a full Oreca only entry, you know, we're not seeing an overabundance of specific chassis, all that. And you could almost say there's some head nodding to other chassis as well. Um, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, whatever. But it's, um, I think it's pretty good. I think it really is. Um, you know, we've touched upon uh, again, and I've stated already. We've touched upon teams that maybe should be in, but there's kind of a few of them, and they could. You can make a case that they don't necessarily need to have their entry yeah. immediately granted now. So I think it's even. I think they did a good job. Yeah. What about you, Ollie? Uh, split between Proto and GT. Is that uh, you happy with that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm fine with it because the the kind of sacrifice in Pro cars that we've had, and we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, has kind of been converted into extra amateur cars. And yeah, I'm not as keen uh, um, with that in GTM because they can kind of get a bit lost. Yeah. Um, but looking at the LMP2 grid, it's, you know, it's crazy. It's going to be mm. really competitive. Um, so I think that should make up for, yeah, the, the this reduction in pro cars. And on that note with the GTAMs as well, uh, GTAM is the largest subscribed category in the WEC, so there's already 11 cars in that. The fact that we've added nine might seem, you know, a bit low when you compare it to the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 17 additional cars in LMP2. But the fact that uh, you already had nine cars to start with means that you've still got a 20-car GTAM class as well, which is still pretty impressive. Um, next question, though... Uh, you touched on it very briefly there, Ollie. 17 pro cars split across LMP1 and GTE Pro. 45 AM cars split, split across LMP2, GTE AM, and the Garage 56 entry. Is that balance right? We'll let Ollie go first this time. Well, it's difficult to say um, just when you, you compare pro and AM as if you would say, oh, well, AM's not interesting. Mm. If you look at the European Le Mans series, it's some of the best racing broadcast a across the season, across yeah. a year. I would 100% um, agree with that. For me, ELMS exactly. was the best season last year, the best best racing series last year, hands down. Yeah, and, and that's 
something that pro-am racing in LMP2 can provide. I think if you kind of look at it with that those um, glasses on, you can kind of justify having a larger pro-am field because the higher echelons of the pro-am group in LMP2 are pretty semi-professional professional outfits in their own right anyway yep. so they kind of help equalize the pro to pro-am split um on the other hand it would be nicer to have a bit of a bigger lmp1 or gte pro yep. grid and on that note last year we had I, I think i made mention an additional six cars in gte pro so that balance last year as well as you know the additional two SMP cars and the Dragon Speed uh, LMP1 car, which I guess replaces the Genetas, that meant that we had a 23-car pro grid last year, which is a bit more of a, you know, you'd say an even balance, you know, 23, 20, or 37. I think that's a bit more of an even balance. Cookie, what about you? Uh, balance between pro and AMs, are you okay with that? Yes, uh, I mean we could always use some more AM. Um, well, in my in my opinion, at this point, I, I would like to see more AM. Um, yeah. But I think the for the health of the series, it needs the pro uh, balance with it. And I think with the changes that are going to be coming with the pro category, specifically the overall one, um, you know, just I I think the AM categories will will be hit a little bit more in the coming years. So this, I, I think we're on an AM. Dot, you know, preferred or preferenced or overloaded kind of area um, era right now, but uh, I I don't think it's really a bad thing either. So, okay. um, as much as I like pro entries, I'm fine with the crazy amount of AM entries we're getting this year. Yeah, uh, and I hope that this weight of AM entry uh, shows maybe the more casual viewer that amateur racing can still be interesting. Um, because one thing that I know. Uh, I've received talking to more casual fans is that they generally come to watch for the pro classes, for the overall win, for the GTE pro win. Um, And uh, as I made mention a few minutes ago, AM racing has been some of the best racing in recent years. The ELMS last season, to me, was the best series of racing worldwide without a doubt i think cookie you would slide michelin pilot challenge into that conversation but again isn't that also pro-am as well yes yeah so pro-am racing can be extremely interesting extremely uh diverse and uh, you know ent- entertaining captivating to watch and i hope the maybe overbalance of am entries because i think it might be just a little am heavy you know two-thirds well sorry three quarters of the grid is amateur based racing. Um, while it might, that might be a little am heavy. I hope that what that does is showcase the absolute best of what pro-am racing can be and hopefully draw more eyes to the series um, that are in the ACO stepladder, like the European Le Mans series, like the Asian Le Mans series, like a Michelin Le Mans cup and Michelin pilot challenge over in the States. Um, so that's my hope. Finally, as we wrap up any particular team, give me, give me two teams that you're going to be keeping a very close eye on on the test day and during the race. Cookie first. 
Oh, well, it would immediately jump to the LMP2 with Rick Ray Racing uh, to see if they're even there. America! Uh, to see what kind of post uh, times they're going to post. Uh, LMP1 will be Team LNT's Genetas, and we'll see how they're going to do uh, with a kind of full operation program behind them this year um, and not just kind of showing up to be there. Um, no, LMP2... that's all you get. You only get two. You only get two. That's it. That's oh, all you get. Okay, fine. All right, all right. That, then those two. I was going <laughs> to say, like, I, I really don't. The other two, um, whatever. Those, okay. those are the big ones for me. That's perfect. Uh, Ollie, for you, the two teams that you're going to be looking the most at uh, come the race or come testing. Uh, I've got to kick off with Corvette um, to see how if their cars are really that crap. Um, um, yeah, we'll see what their their crews from the IMSA teams, which uh, you would think that they would prioritize and have better um, performance for, can stack up against um, the rest of the GTO GT Pro grid. Yeah. Uh, and then, like Cookie mentioned, Team LNT Genetas, they I believe have um, some new updates for. I guess Spa or Le Mans, depending on timing. Um, the the Le Mans kit was never used, I don't okay. think, last okay. year, um, or or last time they were there. And yeah, uh, because they didn't have enough time to to get it tested. Because remember, exactly their first season, they had all the funding problems with Manor, so they only raced at Le Mans and didn't do any other race that season. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how that um kit comes together how how well it performs also AER a lot of power their top speeds um across the the WEX season so far has been a lot higher than even the um rebellion that also has um unlimited fuel flow yep. so um yeah it'll be interesting to cool. see how they do along the Mulsanne yeah Interesting. Cool. So what, what have we got? Janetta for both of you, Rick Ware for Cookie, and um, quickly remind me of oh, the Corvettes for you, Ollie. Um, I'll, I'll go completely different. Um, I'm going to be keeping an eye on the Eurasia Motorsport car because of my boy Shane Van Gisbergen. So I'm unabashedly going to be supporting that car. Um, and I'm also going to keep a pretty close eye on the fourth pro Porsche car, the, the Young Gun car. I've as many of you know at this point, I'm a mad Porsche fan. And what they've been doing the last few years is they've been stacking their second IMSA car with uh, young and up-and-coming drivers. So I'm very excited to see uh, Matteo Jaminet return to that car and Julian Anlauer get uh, potentially his first pro start after winning the... Well, sorry, not winning the Super Season with uh, Proton because that was the year they got all their points deleted, wasn't it? Um, But winning Le Mans with Proton back in 2018. Um, So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that car. And... That brings us to the end of this dive into the Le Mans invites for 2020. And that brings us to the end of our 100th episode. Again, I can't believe we've done 100 of these things. Like, to me, that sounds ridiculous. And if you told me five years ago when we first started that we'd be doing 100 of these and downloads would only be going up, that would would have absolutely blown my mind. So, uh, to, to Cookie and to Ollie... Uh, Thank you for coming along with uh, with this journey yet again. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been quite a journey this past hundred. And... Yeah, 
been there for a decent amount of them. It's, so. it's a good innings. It's a good innings so far. <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> um, we will try and put together something special. Um, we've been thinking of doing a sort of, uh, like, a, a Q&A slash rant episode. But the thing is, like, there's just quite a lot happening in terms of, you know, the Lomon entr- entries have been released. Uh, you know, we're going to do a review on Coda and prep for Sebring. Um, Cookie's going to go to Sebring. Uh, there's the Asian Le Mans series we want to review. And there's all this news with uh, LMDH and Convergence that we still haven't talked about. So there's a lot going on. So we will try and do something special to mark 100 episodes, even though it won't be the 100th episode. Uh, but lastly, I want to thank you again, you, the listeners out there, you are the reason that we keep doing this. It is your, uh, interest in what we do that keeps us doing what we do. So thank you very much. And thank you for your support, not only now, but for the past hundred episodes and hopefully for the next hundred and for however many more we do. Um, so to finish off, I'm Michael Zalavari. Peace out. Gazoo. I should have said I should have said on behalf of Cookie Monster and Ollie travel with us. Peace out. But too late now. <laughs> Gazoo. Okay, let's do this. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. I'm Michael Zalavari, and joining me tonight, slash today, uh, we have Ollie Trevorosaurus. I got it right that time. That's what you're meant to say. Yeah. Congratulations, thank you. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can we do this again? Because that was my first point. <laughs> can you not remember, like... <laughs> anyway. What? Usually... <sighs> A few moments earlier. Please. My, not my, um, you name. <laughs> Cookie, can you remember? What, <laughs> don't you want me to use your, your name? I thought you said not use your username. Yeah, you said don't use your username. I said <laughs> oh, I heard. Oh, f***ing whatever. Right. Use his username. Use my real name. Because <laughs> I'm bold like that. Nice switch, Aru. Nice. Are we using okay. names or not? Well, I would prefer not to, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to take two of this intro of Endurance Chat. I'm Michael Zalavari, and joining me tonight is Trevorosaurus and Cookie Monster. Who cares? Let's go. <laughs> Woo! What's up, guys? It feels good to be Cookie Monster again, and uh, I just want to say I'm really pumped for uh, this entry list. Wait, what? What, what do people want? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just, I'm just carrying on with an intro. <laughs> We're doing a podcast, so. But uh, yeah, how are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Come on, here. we're, pro- we're professionals. You people, you people. <laughs> professionals. <laughs> All right, let's go. So, okay, do you want me to use your real name or not? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> you should have. You should have said yes when I clar- when I asked for clarification. We ready for take three? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even start now. This Please is this is what you don't it. get to hear when you just listen to the recordings. This is what you miss out on when you listen to just the recordings.